welcome back to another special episode of Epic Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce, and this is episode 99! Right, that's episode 99 for all you out there. And I'm joined on the line once again by Lux. Lux, how are you now? I am doing good. I'm glad to hear that. Now, audience, you, we're going to try and like like warp speed this one tonight because we tried this one. This is like take two because the recording bot kind of threw it, did us dirty. So, yeah. So, we have to re- re-record. And, Lux, how do you feel about re-recording? Uh, That's the word that I was going to say, too. Actually, the word I say was kind of going to sound really bad and have, like, since we're a family-friendly podcast, we don't swear on air, but I was going to really loud. And I shouldn't, but I'm not going to. But, yeah, we have to re-record. We're not really happy about it. But that doesn't mean we don't like what we're doing. So we're happy to be back with everybody. Uh, welcome to episode 99, and we got episode 100 coming in the pipe just next week. So we're pretty excited. Now, folks, if you like our show, you like what you hear, come and check us out at thelotuscouncil.com. You can find all of our back episodes all the way back to like episode three, um, and you can find all of them there. They get uploaded for free. They don't cost you a penny, and you can come and check us all out right from the beginning. Uh, but you can also get way more than just our podcast at the Lotus Council. They have, uh, they have uh, videos on YouTube. They have a, a Twitch stream. They've got uh, box breaks. They've got all sorts of cool stuff. But the best part about it is the Discord. The Discord is there, and it's a free community of like-minded Magic players that just want to enjoy being friendly and playing the game and sharing ideas about the stuff going on. It is a very supportive, excellent community. Um, so if you're looking for a new community to, to be part of online, looking for someplace that is uh, supportive, someplace that is welcoming, friendly, you, I don't think you can do better than the, than the lotuscouncil.com. So come on in, check them out. Uh, they've been great to us from day one, and I have no doubt they would do the same for you guys. So come and join us at the lotuscouncil.com. Lux, are you ready? We're going to have three segments tonight, audience. We've got, we've got we're talking about new Capenna previews. Um, we're going to talk about the Red Green Modified deck. And then we've got a new deck this week uh, led by Goro Goro, which is the mono, so it's a mono red deck um, and looks pretty cool. So we're going to get started. Oh, it's a mono red deck for a hundred bucks. So yeah, baby, hundred bucks. All right. Let's talk some new Capenna. So we're getting some previews. Um, I think officially previews begin on Thursday this week. So uh, by the time you guys get this out to the, into your ears, they we will be flooded with new previews. But we're going to get on with what's already been spoiled on, on uh, scryfall.com. So we start with our first charm. We have Cabaretti Charm. Cabaretti Charm is red, green, white for an instant. Choose one. Cabaretti Charm deals damage equal to the number of creatures you control to target creature or planeswalker. So that's like outflank or some or Kabira takedown or those sorts of effects. Uh, creatures you control get plus one plus one and gain trample until end of turn. And then we have create two one one green and white citizen creature tokens. Lux, what do you think about Cabaretti Charm? Mm, I think it's a med card. 
I would agree with you. I think it's meh. I think we sort of both come down to the side. This is probably a card that's going to be probably really quite useful in limited, right? Like a limit. This is going to yeah. be a limited all star, right? Yep. So in limited, where you're going to be looking to draft a Naya deck, this is going to be very strong. But in commander, this doesn't. This really doesn't cut the mustard, does it? No. No. It is. Audience, this isn't. It's just isn't impactful enough. Um, like uh, outflank or Kabira takedown sort of effect is unlikely to kill something overly relevant in a game of Commander, um, either because things are too big or things are have wearing lightning greaves or wearing you know just you can't touch them. Um, so you're not really going to get full value out of your Cabaretti charm for the removal spell. The plus one plus one and trample is unlikely to be pertinent because it's not enough of a pump to probably end uh, someone's night. So you're probably going to be, like, you probably do some damage, but you're not probably not killing them. And then two one ones is probably not impactful enough to make a big dent in the board state. So this is very medium. Um, I imagine that there will be maybe a few go-wide decks that want to play it, but I don't think this is going to see a, be widely adopted in our format. Lux, what do you got next? And next up is Jet Mirror Nexus Rebels. For one red, green, white, legendary creature, cat, demon, 5-4. Creatures you control get plus one, plus zero, and have vigilance as long as you control three or more creatures. Creatures you control get also get plus one, plus zero, and have trample as you control six or more creatures. And then they, creatures you control get plus one, plus zero, and have double strike as long as you control nine or more creatures. So I think what we read here, audience, is that if this, if you have nine creatures, all your creatures get a plus three plus O bump. They get vigilance, trample, and double strike. So very clearly, Jetmere is encouraging you to go have a very wide board state to maximize Jetmere's abilities. Um, what do you think, Lux? Is this sort of a this is sort of of commander that's going to get get you get your interest, or is this not really doing it for you? And it might catch in my interest, but and honestly, like I'm going to have to wait and see like how this works out with certain deck types. So, yeah, no, I hear you. I understand the like this. This one is is it's this is going to take you to skew your deck quite significantly in order to make the most out of Jetmir. You're not just playing a token strategy. You're playing a very wide token strategy. Um, right now, we've got a couple of like a couple of green white or, or or Naya token strategies where the goal is to make really big tokens. If you're playing Trustani or if you're playing the the Naya colored uh, populate deck, you want to make big tokens. Jetmir doesn't want you to make big tokens. Jetmir wants you to go as wide as you can. So there's I have a hard time imagining in too many scenarios that you're going to be able to get nine creatures on the battlefield. Lux, would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, like most of the time, most of the time people are gonna board wipe or remove your stuff so that you don't have nine. Just kind of like the magic number. I think like anything short of nine is really not going to cut it with Jetmir. But there are some ways that you can build Jetmir to be 
to probably use as a, like for a shot as a at a one turn kill with like things like secure the wastes and march the multitudes and white sun zenith and things like that where you play it on end step before you untap and then you get then you have flooded the board with enough things that you're going to be able to then use Jetmir as a way to overrun and to close out the game. So I could imagine a, stru- a situation where Jetmir is interesting, uh, but I think it's a very specific sort of deck that's going to require you to be having those mass um, those mass popul- uh, token builders just sort of there so you can sna- like snake people out of nowhere. And that's how I think it is, Lux. I think this is going to be one of those decks that snakes people, like doesn't like dirtles, a dirtles, 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 slams a secure the wastes, plays Jetmir out of your command zone and overruns the table. Like that's how I think this is going to play. So yeah, like that to me is like if I was going to build this deck, that's how I would build it at least, folks. So if you see me show up at a at, at a at a game near you, that's what I'm going to be doing. So. Um, all right, next we have, oh, is there anything else you want to say about Jetmere Lux or is that, you know, pretty much sum up where we're at? That's pretty much it. Okay. So Lord Xander, oh, the collector. Okay. So this guy is four blue, black, red. So four and a Grixis for a six, six legendary creature, vampire, demon, noble. Lord, when Lord Xander, the collector enters the battlefield, target opponent discards half the cards in their hand, rounded down. Whenever Lord Xander attacks, defending player mills half their library, rounded down. When Lord Xander dies, target opponent sacrifices half the non-land permanents they control, rounded down. And this one makes me feel down. So, Lux, you want to go? You want first crack at this, or you want me to have a go? I mean, honestly, they. Some people are gonna hate me for this, but. They pretty Grixis card. This is utterly disappointing. This is my uh, yeah. I'm going to echo you here. I I think this is not a good card. I'm disappointed. I know there's going to be Grixis players out there that are going to be like, no, 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 no. It's so good. I'm like, no, dude. So let's let's couple couple of points here, folks. So seven mana in Grixis as a commander. That's not happening, right? You're not playing this card as a commander. Thraxamunder is a seven mana Grixis commander that doesn't see play. So, what makes you think we're going to play Lord Xander? Sure, he's got some neat abilities. He's like the he's like the hot new thing, but he's seven mana in a color combination that struggles to ramp. And let me assure you, because he's going to be in your commander, he everyone's going to be able to see him coming from a mile away. So you're going to try and cast it and someone's going to counter it or someone's going to source the plow, plowshare it or path to exile or declaration in stone or something. You're not keeping Lord Xander. So how much are you prepared to pay for Lord Xander to stick him? Is it 9, 11, 13, 15 mana? By the time you're hitting 13 or 15 mana, the game is over, folks. So, this is the problem with Xander. All right, very, very expensive. Next, let's look at his text box. Wizards obviously was terrified of this card 
because when they were worded as target opponent, not all opponents, lots of these cards, like Great Merchant of Asphodel, it's all your opponents lose life equal to your devotion in black, and you gain life you gain in this way. This, this is target opponent. So one of your three opponents discards half their half the cards in their hand. And frankly, the other two modes aren't relevant because someone's going to exile this like that. Whether it's a Banishing Light or it's a Source of Plowshare, a Decoration Stone, it doesn't matter, all right? So um, the other two modes almost to me are like are unnecessary cards unnecessary modes that if you get them fantastic but i don't think you're going to so as a commander i think this card is just atrocious and you're not going to play it now i know we like to talk in hyperbole in magic the gathering but i like i i'm not i don't think i'm being hyperbolic to say i don't think this card is getting cast not very frequently. The abilities are sweet. But no one I don't think people are casting this card. Not as a commander. Lux, would you agree? I'm pretty much. Now, I could make a case for this coming out of the ninety-nine in uh in a Grixis deck. Or a five color deck. So this card could be pretty cool in like Lord Kenrith where you mill him into your graveyard somehow, discard him, whatever, and then you reanimate him with Kenrith. That's cool, right? Like, that's cool. Right? Would yep. you be on board with that, Lux? And if that's the case, then yes. Yeah. Like, if you want to reanimate this in a five-color deck, go ahead. I think that's cool. Also, Lord Xander? Lord Xander's a vampire. So you can play uh, Soren, Imperious Bloodlord. And Soren, Imperious Bloodlord lets you put a vampire from your hand onto the battlefield. Cool. I'm in. I'm in. Also, you can do things like, like where you get give him haste. Where you're playing like Perforos, Bronze-Blooded, or have an anger in your graveyard or something else that grants haste. Well, now, like now we're talking like now Lord Xander has some appeal, but in every one of those scenarios, Lord Xander's coming out of the deck in your 99 and not as the lead singer. So nice card, fun card, cool card. It's going in the, it's going in a deck, not making a deck. If you know what I mean. Does that make sense, Lux? Yep. Yeah. Okay. What we got next? Oh, uh, Maestro's Charm. Lux, how about you? Yep. Yep. Uh, for in uh, blue, black, red, get an instant. Choose one. Look at the top five cards of your library. Put one of those cards in your hand and the rest of your graveyard. Each opponent loses three life and you gain three life. Maestro's Charm deals five damage to target creature or planeswalker. So, bottom line is, I'm in. I like this one. Yep. There's, like, all three modes are good. Uh, I like the filtering for the first one. And I like the damage on the last clause. The middle one, I don't imagine I'm using much in Commander. But, you know, you never know. It's nice. It's a nice to have. 
So I'm pretty okay with it. Any any uh, any other thoughts there, Lux? Just just seems like a decent card. Yeah, and see, they, this is what a Grixis card looks like. Yep, this is a Grixis card. Lord, like, and this is just this value. All three modes are just value, and just good. Um, my my thing here with uh, this, these charms, there, folks. I'm just going to say it right now, is that like this is like a very meat and potato sort of card, and people are going to say, "Oh, it's not very powerful." Look, you're not playing this card because of the raw power level. You're playing it because the floor on it is like very is quite high. Like the fail case on this card. At its worst, is you're losing as your opponent loses three life and you gain three. That is the worst you're gonna do. Right? Like that's the worst mode. And that's the worst mode you're gonna get. Yeah. Like there's gonna be decks that are totally okay with that. So I'm okay with Meister's Charm. Not every Grixis deck is gonna play it, but many are. And that's okay. Like that's the that's the worst the way the card is. It's a meat and potatoes card and it's doing its job. You can see the Grixis, it's not about, you know, the power level, it's about card advantage. Yep, and that, and, like, it's doing it, right there. Now, similarly, we have Obscura Charm. This is the Esper one. So, white, blue, black. Instant, choose one. Return target multicolored permanent card for mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. You can counter target instant or sorcery spell, or you can destroy target creature or planeswalker with mana value three or less. Um, I think this card is also eminently quite playable. Uh, I think the first mode and the last mode are probably going to be the ones you get most frequently. Um, particularly multicolored cre value creatures. Um, I'm thinking in particularly if you're going to be destroying Teferi Time Raveler. Or bringing it back. That's my thought there. Um, but... That middle mode, I think, is actually the sneaky one that people are going to forget about, but is probably the most impactful, because this is going to be the one that's going to shut down, you know, that Torment of Hailfire, or it's going to shut down that Sphinx's Revelation, or some big, bomby spell that someone's going to try and fire off to close out a game, and you're going to just sit there with your little derpy Obscura Charm and say, Nope. I think the card is all eminently quite playable and for probably pretty decent. You Lux, what do you think? Yeah, I think this seems pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's again, it's a meat and potato sort of card. It's not crazy powerful, but there's gonna be some decks that want to play it, others that don't, and that's okay. That's okay. It seems like a really quite reasonable card. Uh, Rafine the ski the schemer scheming seer is that that's you? Go ahead. Yeah, for white, blue, black, legendary creature, Sphinx Daemon, 1 4, flying, ward 1. When attack, target attacking creature connives X, where X is the number of attacking creatures. And connive is draw X cards, then discard X cards. Plus 1 plus 1 counter on that creature for each online card and discard it this way. So, this feels like a pretty potent card. Um, I've already seen. CEDH list popping up with this because the command converted mana cost. Sorry, the mana value of this card is is really quite appealing. Um, but I like this because I think what it does is going to sculpt your hand into something really quite powerful. And the best part is, 
Iskar doesn't have to be the one that attacks for you to connive. So I'm pretty okay with this card. Like I think this card is actually of the three legendary creatures we've seen is by far and away the best one that you know doesn't pigeonhole you into anything other than a deck with a creature that wants to attack. I think that seems like a pretty and, good way to go. Yeah, they, I know it doesn't necessarily you know, say it on the card, but how well do you think Rafine will work with the surveil mechanic? Ooh. I think it would probably be pretty uh, pretty good. So you can essentially stack the top of your deck so you know it's exactly there. And so you, like, you can sort of at that point play it like a brainstorm where you draw you know, a couple of the cards off the top of your deck, sculpt that hand. Like, so this plus surveil is going to give you a lot of top deck manipulation that you're going to be able to do. Animatu is also going to be another one that's going to play nicely with this. So you're going to be sure to draw and sculpt that hand uh, with through some just and through raw card selection. You're going to do a lot of potent things that I think people are going to enjoy the experience. It's going to help you build something very bomby um, in terms of like build build your own bomb here and just be a, a card that people are going to want to be creative with and build some fun decks. So I I I'm probably hottest on Rafine. Um, if I had to rank these three, I like Rafine, then Jetmir, and Lord Xander. Uh, very, very distant third of those three. But yeah, like I think that's that's a good like, question. With honestly, like, what? Like, here's a surprise. Like, I'm actually wanting to build Rafine. Dude, I'd be all for it. I think it'd be pretty cool to see you. Like, I think I know you have it in you to do Demir stuff, and so now you're getting Demir plus a little bit of white, and I think you'd be. You'd be pretty pretty on board, so I think I think it's a that's a good idea for you. Oh, oh, whew, pardon me, Getting late. Um, last chart we have here is Riveter's Charm. So Riveter's Charm is the Jund one. If my hyperlink will load, um, ba -ba 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 -ba. all right, there it is. Black, red, green, instant. Choose one. Target opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker they control with the highest mana value among creatures and planeswalkers they control. Exile the top three cards of your library until your next end step. You may play those. Notice it says until your next end step. And then exile target player's graveyard. So of the charms you've seen so far, I think this is the one that's probably going to be most adopted in Commander. So, because... All three of those modes are objectively good. Lux, what do you think? And, well, you know the saying goes, when in doubt, chunk them out. Yeah, so let's, like, so audience, think about this. The first mode is Soul Shatter, which is a card that's being extensive play right now in Standard. And because of the way it's worded, you're going to make sure you snake their uh, most, like, their biggest mana value creature and Planeswalkers. Those are typically the most powerful things on their board. That seems like a good where to start. Um, the impulse draw in mode two is just going to be good. When you run out of cards, you can impulse draw, draw some stuff, hopefully get yourself back online. And then the last mode where you exile target player's graveyard, whew, me. there's always going to be need to exiling people's graveyards. So... I think this is ultimately going to be uh, a card that's widely adopted in Jund decks. There aren't a ton of Jund commanders, 
but you know your uh prosh and your you know other such decks are probably going to try and make i can imagine they make room for this because i think it's just going to be effective enough and flexible enough they're going to want to play it any other thoughts lux nope no fair enough all right so that's all the previews right now we'll be sure next week to cover some more uh because like i said the preview season officially begins on thursday april 7th so i'm pretty sure we're going to start getting flooded with new things so stay tuned for our thoughts on those new cards come next week so segment two we're going to be looking at the red green modified commander precon that was that is um the face card for the deck is shishiro the shattered blade um now lux we i know in our first attempt at this show we i think we saw that there were some cards that played into some strategies more than others and where there's a number of cards that were just not very interesting would you agree yep so audience what i think here it happens so there's two um primary commanders you can play there's Tashiro the shattered blade and then there is kaima the fractured calm so we'll read those out first for you because the cards themselves pretty much go into a deck for either one so back a long time ago when commander like the wizards was starting to get into this commander precon thing what they did was they would seed it with three commanders obviously a face card and a couple of alternates and then they give you pieces for all three of those decks that were slightly different from one from the next um and over time wizards has moved away from that like they still give you the options but the options are more linked thematically than they once were in this instance i think they've gone back to the old way of doing it where the deck for kaima is quite different from the deck from chishiro all right i'll read them aloud for you and you can sort of hear like compare them for yourself so two red green legendary creature snake samurai which is chishiro of course it's a four four Whenever an aura or equipment enters the battlefield under your control, create a 2-2 red spirit creature token with menace. At the beginning of your end step, put a plus one plus one counter on each modified creature you control. So you're being rewarded for putting auras and equipments on your things in order to make them larger with Shishiro. Alright? So that's a pretty easy strategy to understand. So you're going to go and put your deck with equipment or with aura cards, play some creatures, suit them up, pump them out, make them big, smash the table. Okay, that's what Shishiro does. Kaima, on the other hand, listen to this. Kaima, the Fractured Calm, two red green for a three, three legendary creature spirit. At the beginning of your end step, go to each creature your opponents control that are enchanted by an aura you control. Put a plus one plus one counter on Kaima the Fractured Calm for each creature goaded this way. So now this is incentivizing you to put your auras, and specifically auras, on your opponent's stuff. So they're goaded and are attacking other people. That's a huge departure from Shishiro. Alright, that's a whole different style of deck. 
So, I mean, so we're talking like, like one, like Kaima kind of feels like an Aura's Enchantress sort of red green deck, whereas Shishiro is very much like Aura's equipment, suit myself up, bash you in the face, game over. Right, Lux? Was like, is that the dichotomy that you think you're picking up here between these two? And I believe so. Yeah. So, consequently, some of these cards play into, like, the Kaima route, and so it's a Kaima card, and others are Shishiro cards, and others are just good cards. And some are just bad. So, when we talk about some of these cards, like, we're probably going to tell you, like, this is a Shishiro card, this is a Kaima card, and... Um, but that's different than the deck we saw last week, where the Yorokai and Katori deck, sorry, uh, Shorokai and uh, Katori deck, which are, which was the white-blue uh, vehicles deck, all the cards we read seemed to be playing into a common strategy. And you could slightly alter it up based on which commander you were playing, but they were all leaning into the same strategy. So this one's got two strategies and branches out, making it quite a bit different. All right? So that's the two primary cards that you can play as the commanders in the deck. And depending on which one you want to play, means you're going to build a slight, a very different sort of deck. All right, Lex, do you want to read the next card, Kosei? Pull it up here. Yeah, no worries. And Kosei Pennant Warlord. And for one, two green. And you get a zero five legendary creature ogre samurai. As long as Kosei Pennant Warlord is enchanted, equipped, and has counter on it, Kosei has whenever Kosei deals combat damage to an opponent, you draw that many cards, and Kosei deals that much damage to each other opponent. This is so this doesn't fit in either strategy particularly well and has a lot of hoops. Yep. So this is just a bad card, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like so get this audience. You have to enchant it, you have to equip it, you have to put a counter on it, and then you have to have it connect in order to draw cards and deal damage to other people too. How many of those things do you think you're actually managing to pull off here, folks? Not many? That's the correct answer. So Kosei is going to be um, predominantly a 0-5 card you put in your deck that you wish he was anything else. So I think Kosei, Kosei here is just a bad card. You don't play him in either deck, and you move on with life. Any thoughts on Kosei? Nope. Nope. Okay. This next one though is better. This this is better. So we have Aki Battle Squad. Five and a red for a six six creature goblin samurai. Whenever one or more modified creatures you control attack, untap all modified creatures you control. After this combat phase, there is an additional combat phase. So with Kosai, we need to jump through a lot of hoops. This one. This just feels like a good card, doesn't it? Yep. Like, what's not to like about it? Like, sure, you have to attack, but you untap all your modified creatures. 
We got an extra combat phase. This seems really good. So, yeah. Now, is it broken? No. It's still a six-mana spell, but I think this is a very interesting uh, card that you're going to want to try out. I think you're going to like it. Lux, any thoughts for you on Aki Battle Squad? It seems like a good card that would fit in some decks that I play. I think it fits in any deck, really. Like, if you have a few enchantments... Like, like, most decks have, like, a Lightning Greaves or... Um, or, you know, a sword of a sword of the animist or anything, something, because you're looking to protect your thing or looking to ramp with it. So you're going to get something with an, with an enchant or an artifact on the battlefield. So you're going to have modified creatures. So now you get to untap other modified creatures. Sure. At the very least, like you untap the card that you attacked with. Which is good, and you can rumble again because now you have an extra combat phase. So, yeah, extra combat phases are good. So, I'm in. I think the card's good. What do we have next, Lux? Collision of the Realms. For six in a red in the sorcery, each player shuffles all creatures they can they own into the library. Each player who shuffled a non-token creature into the library reveals cards from the top of their library. Until they reveal a creature card, then puts that card onto the battlefield, and the rest on the bottom of their lever and border. I keep thinking about this card, and like, this is just a big chaos warp, right? Am I like? Do you think I'm out of line? Like, am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. I think that's what it is as well. So seven mana chaos warp that doesn't remove the creatures. Because they get to replace them with other creatures. Lux, that's not a win. Like, if your opponent had four creatures, you're rolling the dice that the four creatures you just you just put in their deck, shuffled into their deck, are now going to be like worse off than they were before. And I'm not convinced you're going to find that. Um, and. This is basically the anti-chaos warp. Well, I don't know. Like, potentially, yeah. Like, you could potentially really, like, at least with chaos warp, you have the potential to for your opponent to whiff. Right? And most times, when you chaos warp their good thing, what do they draw? A land. Right? Like, overwhelmingly, your deck has got more lands in it than any other particular card. So, you know, this... This seems like a card that is, like, just not going to do it. Like, is it a cool card? Absolutely. But seven mana doesn't actually remove the creatures. Could go back and backfire in your face hysterically. So that you end up with bigger, worse things on the battlefield. I'm kind of not, like, the only perk here, Lux, and I will, I'm looking for some silver lining here is that you could be looking to remove all the tokens that someone has built. So if you have a token opponent, you could now, you know, use Collision Realms to make them get rid of all their creature tokens. But I hardly feel like this is a card you want to play. 
Lux, any other thoughts? Like, am I like crazy here? No. No. All right. I'm sorry. It looks it's a cool card. What was this one though? Call me of celebration. Four and a red for creature spirits. A three three. Whenever a modified creature you control attacks, exile the top card of your library. You may play this this that card this turn. And whenever you cast a spell from exile, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. So this is just yes. Yep. Like so, audience. Like, it, listen to this. Whenever a modified creature you control. So if you have a, a token wearing, um, uh, dark steel axe or something like that, like some sort of derpy enchantment or derpy, uh, derpy like equipment, you're going to exile card the top card of your library. You get the you get impulse draw for attacking with silly things, and now you get to pump your Kami of celebration. There's nothing not to like. It's just good, and you're going to play it. And you're going to be happy about it. And that's that. I mean, it's a little expensive at 5 mana. Takes some work to turn it into a draw engine. But if we can turn Beast Whisperer and Archmage Emeritus into card draw engines, this could be reds. And I think it's going to be pretty pretty applicable or pretty useful. Any thoughts, Lux? Uh, nope. So the other thing... I like about this card because it's mono red. It's going to go in all sorts of decks. Like it not doesn't have to be just a a red green modified deck. It can be any deck that plays auras or enchantments or or sagas or whatever. With Kami Celebration is just going to be good. So, all right. Next we have Komanu Battle Armor. Or two in a red artifact creature equipment dog two two menace the equipped creature gets plus two plus two and has menace whenever Kamino and battle armor or equipped creature deals combat damage to a player go to each creature that player controls creature figure four yeah and fortune Eric attached to target creature you control or unattached from creature reconfigure only as a sorcery while attached this isn't a creature. So you're just gonna. This is just gonna be a decent card for you to play. Um, I think the reconfigure cost is a little high. I'll be honest, Lux. But plus two, plus two, and some evasion is good. And um, it's gonna be. It's gonna dodge some sorcery speed removal. And the goading is just gonna be good. Like you're gonna want to goad. This is gonna go in. Thantis is going to go in Shishiro is going to go in, you know, whatever deck you want it to be in. So I think it's pretty decent. What about you, Lux? Yep. Yep. It's, it's, it's not exciting again, audience. But it's just going to be fine. If you're going to play it, you probably won't be sad if, if you're leaning into the modified stuff. Yeah, it'll be okay. Next, we've got uh, Smoke Spirits Aid. Once more. Okay, so X and red. For each of up to X target creatures, create a red or enchantment token named Smoke Blessing attached to that creature. And when enchanted creature dies, it deals one damage to its controller 
of controllers and you create a treasure. So, I think yesterday I came down and was like reasonably okay with this. I don't think I am anymore. So, here's the story, folks. You're putting auras on your things and they don't pump the toughness, they don't act as totem armor, they don't give you more damage or a keyword, they're just an aura you slap on a creature now. And I know that Shishiro cares about you having uh, modified creatures, but like I feel like this isn't a good way to do it. What do you think, Lux? And I'm with you on this. Yeah, like it feels super like, like, like there's a, I can see a potential for a very high ceiling, particularly if you're talking something like Hanada. Hanada plus this could be really neat because you can, you know, like you can target all your creatures super easily and just get value off of it. But I do not love it. I'm out. I'm out. Next, Unquenchable Fury. Is this you or me? And two in a red enchantment aura. Enchant creature, like enchanted creature, has whenever this creature attacks, it deals X damage to a defending player where X is the number of cards in their hand. Unquenchable Fury is put into your graveyard from the battlefield. Return it to it's your the hand. Old, that's the only redeeming feature of this card: the fact that when it dies, you can recycle it. Sure. If you want to, this is like a Kaima card, folks. Like, is this a, like, I don't think, I don't think this is going to be the card you put in Shishiro. I think this is the sort of card you put on your, in Kaima, because now you can recycle it. But to spend three mana on an aura that doesn't actually pump its power and toughness, you're just asking your creature to die. Right? Like, think about it. Like, you have a 3-3 three, three Lux. Or, or your Corsair Crufix, or whatever, a 2-4. You put Unquenchable Fury on it, and you attack. And they take 5 damage. But they're killing your Corsair, or they're killing your thing, because they can. It doesn't pump power, it doesn't pump toughness, toughness, it doesn't give evasion. It doesn't do any of that. You just lose your creature. In most cases. So, you know, like it's, so you're not playing it on your stuff, probably. You're probably playing it on their stuff so that you can goad it and set and have it attack other people, get the trigger, whatever, and you're like, hooray for me, but I'm not a fan of this card. I don't think it's good. I think the Kaima deck is regrettable, and so that's where I think this one goes, into the regrettable pile. Lux? Any thoughts here? Nope. You're like, nope. I'm not wasting my time on this one, says Lex. All right. Uh, Ascendant Acolyte. Uh, four, and a, four and a green for a 1-1 one, one human monk. Ascendant Acolyte enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it for each plus one plus one counter among other creatures you control. At the beginning of your upkeep, double the number of X, oh, sorry, number of plus one plus one counters on Ascendant Acolyte. 
Fox. Are you playing this card? Probably I can almost guarantee you I'm not. So, I might play it in a deck. I have an Abzan plus almost one counter deck. I might consider putting this there. But you're spending five mana on a 1-1. One, one. On an average Battlefield Lux, how many plus almost one counters do you think you're going to get to add to a Senate Acolyte? Two? Maybe three? Honestly, I'm not really sure. I'm going to bet the the number we're going to be looking at is somewhere around three. If you're in a deck that's pretty, pretty dedicated to making plus one plus one counters, there's probably going to be like three creatures that have counters on it. And I'm saying this because I've tried, and your deck, if you're looking to put plus one plus one counters on stuff, there's a not you have a your your deck is split between creatures as targets to put your plus one plus one counters on, and then the the actual I guess the actual like creature creature itself. So like your deck is split. Well, it's not an accolade is going to look and check. There's only going to probably, probably going to be two or three on the battlefield. So you're talking five mana for like a 4-4 four, four or a 5-5 five, five at best. And then on your upkeep. So you now have to wait a whole turn cycle before it doubles. I'm out. Like, I'm just, I think you should know. I think it's a bad card. So, like, it's no. Um, Concord with the cam, with the Kami. Go ahead, Lux. For three and a green enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, choose one or more. Put a plus one plus one counter on target creature with a counter on it. Draw a card if you control an enchanted creature. Create a one one colorless spirit creature token if you control an equipped creature. So I thought about this one there tonight, there, Lux, too. This is a trap. This is a trap card. So it looks like on, on, on face value. That is going to be a really potent card. But let's be honest. How's the earliest you think you're going to get Concord with the Kami down, Lux? Turn three? Turn three? Yeah, Yeah, you're probably getting it turn three, turn four at most. Now, we're also seeing in a lot of gameplay videos, like there's more and more gameplay online all the time. And, you know, most games are wrapping up by, like, turn 10, 11, or 12 at most. So if you get this down on turn 3, and you have until turn 12 before the game is eventually over, you have 9 turns to play this card and get something good from it. So, are you happy to put 9 plus 1 plus 1 counters over, over 9 turns, Lux? No, no, not good enough. We'll talk about the, the card drawing in a second, but nine one ones. No, like you're not really excited for you, are you? Nope. So then, draw a card as you control an enchanted creature. I mean, that could be good. Drawing a card as you control an enchanted creature could be really good. It could get you a long way. But I think there's better ways for you to draw piles of cards in green. So 
I think this card is kind of a dud. Like, in fact, I think it's a, a lot of a dud. So, Lux, tell me, like, talk me out of it. Tell me that. Tell me that Concord with the uh, Kami is actually a, is actually a very good card. We should be running it. I honestly okay, can't do that. Okay, so it's a bad card. <laughs> I mean, it's a fun card. It looks like a lot of looks like a good time, but I don't think it's any good. All right, one with the Kami. Go ahead there, Lux. Oh, it's mine. This is yours. Three and a green enchantment aura flash. Enchant creature you control. Whenever enchanted creature or another modified creature you control dies, create X one one color spirit creature tokens where X is that creature's power. No, you're not playing this card. Four mana. Okay. It doesn't matter if yep. it's the Kaima deck or the Shishiro deck. We've now gone through and looked at a whole bunch of four mana things. And like Concord with the commies, four mana. Ascendant uh, Accolade is five. Um, what else we have? Like, there's just too many things at four mana and five mana, and they're just not impactful enough. This is just a no. Like, you're not playing this. Like, you're just not. So, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> no, like, you can't do it. This card is bad. It's a bad card. The reason it's 33 cents. Like, is it going to be fun? Sure. You're going to have a good time playing it. It could be really fun, but I don't think you're coming out ahead of that one. Um, all right. We have Rampant Rejuvenator. See if I can get the stream full. Yeah. Earth Green, Green, Creature, Plant Hydra, Zero, Zero. Rampant Rejuvenator enters the battlefield with two plus one plus one counters on it. When Rampant Rejuvenator dies, Search a library for up to X basic land cards where X is Revengeator's power. Put them on the battlefield, then shuffle. No! This is such a bad card. I'm sorry, Lux. This is a bad card. So, four mana. And as a green player, this, this card makes bad. me cringe. Like, what are you doing? So, like, you're going to, like, you want to play it as a 2 2 for four mana. Like, that's what you're doing? Like, come on. And then when it dies, you can go find X number of basics. Okay, great. That's swell. Doesn't redistribute those counters anywhere. It just draws you cards. And then, like, so my problem here is, like, Lux, is that, like, four mana for a 2-2 two -two is a brutal rate. The ability, the X trigger is not awesome. And... If I wanted to, like, play with this or against this card, I would just do it over, like, it's not, it's not something I want to waste your time killing. Four mana, it's already something that, like, your chocker block full of them in this deck. This is a bad card. You're not going to play it. You're just not going to play it. All right. Any, any other words there, Lux, or is that pretty much it? No, fair no. enough. Silk Guard. X green. Instant. Put at put X put a put a plus one plus counter on each of up to X target creatures you control. So what do you think, Lux? Oh, sorry, I forgot. Aura's equipment and modified creatures you control gain hex proof until end of turn. Honestly, this does have the potential of being a good card. 
It just depends on the what turn you're playing it on, or like if you have like an infinite manager. Um. Well, because it has to target different creatures. Like I'm not sure you can like like cast it on your commander and then like ca- like target four other things and come back to your commander. Like, I'm not sure that's how that works. Um. Uh, I mean, I think it's interesting in that, insofar as let's see what I can find. Oh, that's not the same thing at all. That's not the same thing at all. So, I mean, like, so Silk Guard, like, yeah, like, I don't, what I'm most interested in this is for the ability to give something hexproof. Like, that's what I'm interested in. The rest of it, I don't think I care about. That's my, that's where I've come down on it, like, just, decided like i just don't care i want to be able to protect my stuff lux am i wrong like, no. i don't know all right tanuki transplanter paper three and a green artifact creature equipment dog two four never two tanuki transplanter or equipped creature attacks at an amount of green equal to its power until end of turn you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. Figure three, three generic attached to target picture you control. This is just a no. Like I'm like I'm no. Like I'm not playing this no. card. No. Like I'm out. I'm out. Like not yet another four mana thing. Yeah. The reconfigure is not awesome. Like makes me extra green mana. Look, there are way easier ways of making lots of green mana, right, Lux? So, like, just yep. be honest, folks. We're all out of this one. So, anyway, what the what you? So yeah, that's like it's just not a good card. So, looking back at these cards, there, Lux, like, would this be a deck you'd want to be wanting to buy? We went through a bunch of these card cards. Like, these are not exciting new cards. I mean, honestly, they, if I in, ever had to buy the deck, I'd just buy it for the singles. They, like, I'd strip it. Yeah. Yeah, I, could, I wouldn't blame you, even slightly. Most of these cards are, like, cute and, like, but they're expensive. Like, four mana? Like, four mana for some of these effects is a lot of mana. And I'm like, no, I'm out. If these were costed at two or three, we could have a conversation. But by four mana... You know your opponents are starting to heat up. The game's starting to get wound up. And like these four mana cards in this list are just not good. They're just not good enough. So I'm sorry. Shishiro may be cool, but uh you know. It's just no. Anyway. Um let's go to this week's deck. Alright, Lux? How does that sound? Alright, so this week's deck right. we have uh, Goro Goro, Disciple of Ryusei. And so when I look at Goro Goro, and so it says, as a one and a red for a 2-2, legendary creature, Goblin Samurai. And then red, creatures you control gain haste and, until, until end of turn. And then uh, three red red, create a 5-5 five, five red dragon spirit creature token for, with flying. Activate only as you control an attacking modified creature. 
so if we don't do anything our commander is 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 not good right like so like because of yeah like goro goro's five mana thing there's a very real possibility that like if you want to try to make dragons you may not get there um because you have to have an attacking modified creature all right so you need to have some way to modify it but you know, giving your creatures all haste is, 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 is a real thing. So this deck, my thought with this is we're going to lean into things that get powered up with haste. Um, and so, so we can make dragons. So the deck's got a number of, a number of things to augment or modify your things. So uh, Black Blade Reforged, the Boots of Speed, Commander's Fear, um, you know, Fire Shrieker, Goldman Pick, and on down the line for you know, for equipment that are going to help your creatures. And then we're into creatures that are going to, you know, allow you to attack with haste. Um, and, you know, later on, accrue you value. All right, so that's sort of the principle with Goro Goro. However, there's some interesting um, little nuggets in this one. So one of the interesting nuggets there, Lux, was playing with... Uh, fields of invention. Sorry, fires of invention. So fires of invention is a bit of a tricky card to work with because it says you can't cast more than two spells in your turn. However, in this sort of deck where your commander has two activated abilities and many of your other other decks have activated abilities as well, um, you're going to want to be able to use them with haste so you can get the, the, the advantage out of them right away. So, you know, your fire, fires of invention are going to allow you to use those activations to do things like make dragons, perhaps, or, um, you know, whatever else you want to get your, your little heart up to. Um, I was thinking mostly like that sort of trigger with the dragons that you want to make the dragons, so sink your mana into Goro Goro. Um, meanwhile, you know, fire the invention is allowing you to keep other mana up for stuff, so kind of like it. Um, the rest of it, I mean, you're going to have some big ticket red things or Lux, like Torbrand, Terror of the Peaks, you know, Goblin Siege Gang. These are just sort of like generically good five color gobos. Um, yeah, and then, uh, you know, the rest of your deck is pretty straightforward. You've got some some card draw and some removal amongst your sorceries, including um, a Mizium Mortars, a Burn Down the House. You could obviously play a Blasphemous Act in there very, very, very easily if you, you know, put your mind to it. Uh, the nice part here, Lux 2, is that the mana base is super affordable because you're playing a metric poop ton of mountains, meaning it's pretty cheap. So, yeah. We're keeping it quick tonight there, folks. But, you know, it looks like a fun deck. It's currently sitting at $96.87. Which is kind of crazy bonkers. So, what do you think, Goro Goro? Yeah. What do you think about Goro Goro there, Lux? Yeah, it's like cool. a pretty sweet deck. I mean, for, for 100 bucks, you could do a lot worse, I think. So, no, I, like, 
I'm just this one has got some interesting interesting pieces to it, um, and a lot of like impactful things you can find in red. So, like we forgot, like Gadrak is a red dragon, mana. Did you forget that Gadrak has a, is a red dragon for three mana? We have Skargan Hellkite, a mythic out of uh, Ravnica Allegiance, which is like a very budget friendly dragon, but you can do gross things with it. Like, you can play in a tally, you can play oh, so many great things, and, and give them all haste with Goro Goro and watch the world burn. All right, anything else you want to add there, Lex, to the Goro Goro deck? Any other questions you wanted to ask? Any ideas of things you sort of thought might be cool to put in it? Okay, Lex? Look. Oh, there we are. Can you hear me? Got you now. So, is there anything, anything you would, you'd, anything you'd want to switch in, switch out, change? Not offhand. Not that I know of. Like, you could. There's lots of things you could put in there. There's lots of things we could put in these decks, but um, for you know expediency's sake tonight, if we're not going to make too many more changes, we're just going to move on and wrap this show up. So, everybody, thanks very much for tuning in to the Epic Experiment Podcast. Uh, this has been episode 99. We're happy to have had you join, join us for this week's show. If you like what you've heard and you want to reach out to us on social media, you can reach us at um, on, uh, on email at theepicexperimentpodcast at gmail.com. The link is going to be in the show notes down below, so you feel free to follow us there. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can find us at, at epicexpcast. That is our handle. Uh, probably the easiest and fastest way to reach us is through that. You can also find us on Instagram, same handle, uh, Epic EXP Cast. That is our uh, our Instagram account. Uh, if you like what you hear and you uh, like, you want to follow, subscribe, leave a question, a comment, something like that. You can always, uh, whatever your favorite um, platform for your podcast listening pleasure you can follow us there like it like subscribe all that good stuff there anything to help get the word out there that we are here every week talking commander with you guys um also if you like our decks you want to see this one or any other decks that we've brewed you can always go to moxville.com and look up the username the epic experiment podcast all one word and that would be our all our decks which i think is like 117 decks so lots of ideas to keep your budget under control um, so that's been great. Uh, that's been a great show. Thanks so much, Lux, for uh, for joining me tonight and for getting us uh, getting us through episode ninety nine. Up next, we have episode one hundred and uh, special guest with uh, Sona coming to join us again as we talk a little brawl. Anyway, that's it for tonight, folks. Thanks very much. Take care. Have yourselves a good one. I'll talk to you next.